We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Wednesday, October 21st. 2015. I'm DJ Suspicious Activity Trainer, joined as always on Wednesdays by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. And, uh, you know, this is a five days a week podcast, as you probably already know. Me and Josh take over on Wednesdays. Uh, yesterday I did it with Nick Whalen. Josh also does it on Monday with Benny Ricciardi. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Of course, feel free to leave a nice review. I think it's only fitting, Josh, that I, I need to give a little uh, mention to, to my new nickname here. 
Yeah, let's talk about this. So we've had uh, discussions on previous shows about the whole suspicious activity with Twitter and with Hotmail. So um, I'm thinking, you know, maybe you should just go on Twitter and see if you can, like, um, sort of create a new Twitter handle. Have you created a new Twitter handle? That's the first question. So here's the thing. I'm going to do it right after this show. I know I teased it. I thought I'd have enough uh-huh. time to, to bring it around this week. I'm going to need one whole more week just uh, to plan it out, get a good Twitter handle, really mm-hmm. think about what I want to do. I mean, I'm a mature person now. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have a Hotmail address anymore. That was part <laughs> of the complications, which led to my suspicious activity, new nickname. Right. So uh, next week will be the big reveal. And anybody out there will have the chance to be my very first follower. Okay, so I'm going to try to be one of those guys, first of all. All you have to do is give me a heads up, um, but unless you want it to be a rando. Uh, but you know what? I, I have a few suggestions. Um, Go for it. I think that's, like, yeah, that's fitting. Uh, um, I would probably the first thing I would probably go with because I think it fits in so many different realms is I would try to see if DJ Questionable was available on Twitter because you know it's questionable, suspicious activity. Well, a lot of players are. When you start out with DJ. There's a lot of budding DJs trying to make it in the uh, you know the music world, and I think right. DJ followed by pretty much anything is going to be taken up. I'll I don't know to, about I'll DJ Questionable look. though. DJ you know, Questionable. D- yeah, DJ Creed Questionable. That might be too long. Also, I will we'll have to. I'm gonna. I want to pull this up live here on Twitter. Let's log out of my Twitter account and see if we can if that's available. Because I think that's pretty fitting too. Because you know, as people in RotoWire, we're always finding out people who are questionable or or doubtful or injured, and you are you're a big part of that in terms of you know train, training up, coaching up the interns, and you know making sure they get those questionable tags with the the appropriate. Written content for all our injury updates, which, by the way, are awesome on rotowire.com. Shameless plug. Make sure you check them out. There's nothing uh, shameless about it. <laughs> exactly. A proud plug. I'll say that. Um, all right. Yeah. While you're looking that up, I just, I mean, I like these ideas. I do like the idea of somehow having my first and last name in there, maybe jumbled up or something like that. But I, I, I am a fan of people that just go with their actual name. Okay. Well, but I did the same thing too. I I just I I was going I went the professional route too because I was like this is going to work as long as I continue to work in the fantasy industry no matter who I work for. Okay. You know. So <laughs> that's, that's why I went with Josh Hayes FS. I think it's very simple. I'm not going to knock you if you go um professionally on us either, but I just thought thought I would at least have some fun with it with some suggestions. So, um I'm going to see if I can well, I'm going to go through it as we go throughout the show because um, we're going to be talking, uh, obviously, about strategy. This is the, the all-strategy show, I guess we could call it. Um, and um, this is an important thing because people are going to reach out to us on Twitter and reach out to you. They want to give you feedback and ask you questions about the season-long fantasy leagues. You're right. And right. You are right. And, and I, know, if, I need to be reachable to the people. I, I understand. I, I understand I'm letting everyone down. The thousands and thousands of, of, of potential followers I have, uh, they really can't, they really, you know, it's, man, I'm having trouble talking because I just get emotional when I talk about the people who want to follow about, follow me. But uh, I, I, I will openly say I'm letting everyone down and, and I can do better and I will do better. 
All right. Well, I appreciate that. So I think we all appreciate that as well. All right. Enough about me and my dumb, suspicious activity nickname. Josh, you said it. We're going to be talking strategy today. So we're going to be going over auction league strategy, roto strategy, head-to-head strategy, and the uh, little-known points league strategy. If we have time in today's podcast, depending on how many riffs me and Josh take, we may also get to projected stat league leaders. So, for instance, uh, DeAndre Jordan... Um, is probably the leader for rebounds and maybe field goal percentages. If we have time, we'll jump into that. But let's jump into auction league strategy. A lot of fair weather fantasy players, Josh, really aren't ever involved in auction leagues. And it's it's a shame because auctions are, are a blast. They're incredibly fun. Um, everybody really wears who they want on their sleeves. You can tell who people like. It's really fun to do, especially in a room with all your friends. But... In terms of getting good and being a good auction strategist, what do you look at, Josh? Well, I I love auction, by the way, and I think you're you're you hit the head on the nail. A lot of people, what, what, the way I feel that it is, it's actually for the casual fan as much as it is for the hardcore people. It's just that the casual fans have been playing in their normal snake setup for you know since 1994 or whatever it may be, and they just haven't. Um, got brought around to or brought around to the awesomeness of auctions. And if you just take a look at some of the, 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 the biggest single selling point for anybody in the auction is you never get hosed by your draft position. So it's like, oh, you know, forever, the last five or six years up until maybe the last two or three, it was like, all right, he, you know, DJ's got the number pick. I guess, you know, you know he's got LeBron this week. That sucks for us all. Uh, that is never the case and never the problem. You can own anybody you want if you're willing to spend up and and put up the cash in your auction. So that's, to me, I, I love that aspect of it. And I love the the poker aspect of uh, auction strategy. GJ, do you feel like, uh, are you a person who's run a couple um, price enforcers or some or some bluffs on some guys that you didn't even want, but you wanted your, your, your neighbor that you wanted to sort of stick to, just, ugh, you know, pay a couple extra dollars for that guy? I'm sure that you've done that a few times in some of your drafts. Yeah, so if you know somebody really wants uh, a player on their team and they're willing to pay top dollar for him, take the risk and just kind of bump him up a couple dollars. If you know they absolutely are going to go all out to get him, make him pay for it or make him or her pay for it for sure. Uh, one other thing, uh, sticking it to you since we're on this topic, and it really is worth mentioning. So let's just say we're in an ESPN draft room, right? We're sitting in the auction, and nine of your ten people are there, but the the tenth person is going off the computer auction value. So basically, um, they're going up to the projected value, which everybody can see the projected auction value for every player, right? And so the computer always bids up into that number. So Mm -hmm. if you have someone who missed their draft for whatever reason, maybe they forgot, they need to be punished for that, right? (laughs) So look through the entire list and you pinpoint somebody who is severely overrated. You nominate him and you make sure to bid up right up until the point where the computer will make the very last bid. Does that did I was I clear on that? Does that make sense? Josh, have you run into that scenario before? I actually have, and you know what? There's also. Have you ever fell for the clickbait or seen the cl- the clickbait strategy that um, happens on online auctions? Okay, so 
what it is is like you have some some experience. This is probably maybe not recommended because you could sort of ruin the auction experience for some of the people who may be newer to your league. <laughs> but um, this is fun to do, like in mock drafts, mock auctions. If you if you ever get a chance to participate in some of those, at least in football, anyway. What you do is you have a bunch of these people who are trying out auctions or playing auctions for the first time, and they don't actually realize that you can just type in the bid number. So the bid starts at zero, and they're going click, 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 click. You know, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, you just I do off know the what bat you're talking about yeah. yeah. You just type in 40 off the bat, hit enter, and then everybody goes click, 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 and they're like, oh, shoot, I bid 56, you know, because they thought they were bidding up from 1 to 12, and you instantly raise the price on them. So it's a little shysty of a move, but it's fun to do at least like in mock auctions to sort of burn people. It's a game within a game. I mean, there there really is a lot to talk about about auction league strategy in particular and i those little things i mean they can help you out we talk about playing defense sometimes uh we mm-hmm. talk about defense with drafting you know stay away from derrick rose or ricky rubio because that ticking time bomb can go somewhere else and destruct somebody else's team their same thing apply for auction leagues what we just went over it's something that you really do need to be aware of um you know and then when you actually do want a player um, and there is a computer in the room, and so the computer is bidding. You have to understand that you're not. You have to bid more than the projected value, but only by one dollar, right? Right. And mm-hmm. so, so that's always good to know. So, if the projected value is is absurd, and there's there's a couple computer bots in the room, you're not going to get your favorite player, and so that also really stinks as well. Yeah, you know what? Uh, just having said that, speaking of auctions, I know this is a lot less realistic for NBA um, because. It's just not the same sort of. Um, for from what from my experiences, every NBA league that I've ever done has been online. It's just we have people spread out all over the country and in different spots who play NBA football. It's a lot easier to get a room of ten or twelve guys in a room and say we're doing auction. So if you ever have the opportunity, auction live is the absolute best way to go. Will you agree with me here? Um, yeah, live yeah. auction is is yes. by far the best way to go. It's really fun, but right. I mean, getting ten people all all together one place is so hard, and so bringing for up NBA com- for sure. Yeah, yeah, for NBA, and so bringing up these rules, you know, to I mean, you're you're playing against the computer, and so something to be to be careful of. What what about else, Josh? There's a lot to talk about auction. Yes. So how far are you willing to go? So some guys I always love to play with. Gordon Hayward is a guy that I will always overpay for because Mm -hmm. fantasy is supposed to be fun and I want to root for Gordon Hayward the whole entire season, right? Yes. So um, it's it's really winning is fun, period. But when you do it with players you like, it is the best feeling of all time. Mm-hmm. And so how far are you willing to go just to get players that you really like in an auction? You know what? I will always have like a stock of two or three guys or like, okay, you know what? I'm willing to pay the extra few dollars on this guy because he's my guy and want to have on my team. But I also saw it'll be similar to like you know Gordon Hayward. Maybe the guy for me would be Demarcus Cousins. People, but you know what I will do is I will do the reverse too. When people know that I should be all in on this guy, like he's the number one Sacramento King, and and they try to take me to the wall, I'll stick it to him. I'll be like, all right, you're. Eight dollars over the projected value, and I already went my five, six, seven. Now I think I've successfully burned you on the other end. You just you've successfully way overpaid for a guy. Now, so I will stick it with. I will, I will hang people with the best player. Um, you know when they expect me to just go to the wall. H- having said that, I will have a list of two or three or four guys that are m- my favorite guys, and I'll say, you know what, 
this is sort of my core here. And if I miss out on DeMarcus Cousins, I got outpriced for him. Here's my second guy that I'm willing to go for, uh, go to the wall for. Here's my third guy that I'm, I'm willing to go for the wall for. Now, we just know that, it's just speaking of whole this here, with you know how fluid auctions are, if you ever mock out an auction and sort of think that you know how your team's going to turn out, you're wrong. I think you, you, you and I both have sort of experienced that, DJ. Like, there's just it's an impossibility impos- to sort of predict because of the flow of an auction draft and how things change based on who gets you know paid a high price for, it, who gets a super discount on a guy. You, I, what I will actually do to start my preparation for an, uh, a, uh, an auction is create three scenarios. All right, say, okay, you know what? This is my number one guy. I'm gonna go. I'm going after Anthony Davis. This is what I think he will cost. This is how much over I'm willing to pay. And this is the guys that I will end up with, I hope to end up with if I get Anthony Davis. And then if I don't get Anthony Davis and the price just went crazy where I couldn't pay it, then I have my second guy. Okay, here, I'm, now I'm going to, this is a lineup that I'm building around Steph Curry. And I'm willing to pay this price. Uh, and I'm willing to pay a few extra dollars here. And this is th- how my roster ends up shaking out if I if I get Steph Curry rather than Anthony Davis. I'll, so I'll do three scenarios built around my one or two or three core guys. And then what I do, I do this on Excel. And um, or, so I'll and I'll print out that sheet. Or if I'm drafting on the computer, you can just leave it on Excel. But if I show up to the draft like football, I print out my Excel sheet. Um, and what I'll do is I go in the draft. So so Anthony Davis is up. All right, we're bidding. Rotowire has a $52 projection. Let's say I'm willing to go 55 so Let's just say for some crazy reason, I get him for 47 I don't ever expect that to happen. I just want to use that as an example. What I do is I go to my sheet, and I have every price listed for every player that, I was, that I'm projecting to try to get to fill out my $200 budget or whatever your budget is. And by the way, the budgets and all the prices and the scoring, it's all customizable on the Rotowire uh, auction values page. So make sure you check that out. That is the single best auction value site in the world, anywhere. I don't. I challenge anybody to find a better auction value um, program that's customizable that you that will give you what you need to run an auction draft or even in a snake draft. It's the the, the projections for Rotowire are awesome. I've been using them before I work for them. So uh, that's just not us being you know company homers. That's it. Really is what you need to do to to be successful. Having said that. If I save, so let's say I save my $5 on Anthony Davis, what I will do is I will put a plus five next to his name and the price in the column. And now I know, okay, so the next guy was basically targeting. I was targeting Victor uh, Oladipo for $28, but I have an extra $5. I can go all the way up to Draymond Green now, or maybe I can try to get Paul George, who's an extra six bucks. So I take those guys, and the next guy that I'm going for, I can see if I can go one tier up with every player that I save. And now the same thing is that I do for the reverse. If I get burned and I had to pay $57 for Anthony Davis, and I'm like, well, now I can't afford Victor Oladipo for $28. I need to go and get a, ch- a cheaper shooting guard. So it looks like I'm going to be shopping in the Nicholas Batum uh, range or the Andrew Wiggins range for $21. So this is how I adjust it backwards and forwards. And with every player that I'm, you're trying to, you're hoping to get cost savings with each guy that you bid and you have to adjust when you get gouged on a player that you really wanted and you ended up paying over for. Yeah. So 
What Josh said is a really great strategy. However, I mean, Josh, let's let's be real here. There's a, a lot of people listening to this podcast probably view that strategy not that it's not that it's overly complicated, but you know they're just playing with their buddies and they want to get an inside edge. They're probably not, or maybe they don't have the time to go over spreadsheets and all that like we do. Um, we, you know, it's it's literally our job to figure out ways to be good at fantasy basketball, which is such a blessing. But let's talk about um, some more, maybe just some quick tips to remember during an auction league draft for people who are just trying to beat their buds in maybe a $20 league or something like that. Let's, um, so like you mentioned, on Rotowire, we have the customizable auction values. And so what I did is I just plugged in eight categories with a $200 budget. And the top, uh, there's... There's four players that we suggest you could spend a quarter of your $200 or more on. And so that's Kevin Durant at $53, James Harden at $54, Steph Curry at $58, and Anthony Davis at $64. Keep in mind that's without turnovers. And so is there anybody else outside of those that I mentioned? Or maybe would you, if you're playing, that you'd be willing to spend at least a quarter of your $200 budget on, Josh? All right, so we're talking $50 players is what you're trying to tell me right yeah. now? $50 players is the elite of the elite, right? Okay. Well, in my mind, personally, I still think LeBron's a $50 player, okay? Um, so he came in at 46 so just below. I will say Chris Paul, 46 Russell Westbrook, 46 and then there's mm-hmm. a drop-off down to Damian Lillard at about 40 Okay, so to me, uh, I think LeBron James is a $50 player, and Russell Westbrook is also a $50 player in my mind. So I think you could make the list as seven. If you wanted to extend it to Chris Paul, is Chris Paul a $50 player or outside there? And then I think you, I, I, I think you can make a case also for, for Chris Paul being a $50 player. I personally think he's just outside the top tier. I have him as like a eighth overall pick for me like in snake draft so i'm gonna have to agree with that projection that you have over there so to me it's a seven player tier a seven player tier uh fifty dollars less or, or fifty dollars or more mm-hmm. uh, a quarter of your budget so here's one thing um to consider is usually when you're playing an auction at right everybody the draft order is who you get to nominate so a, a person gets to nominate a player and and you know you go in order everyone gets to nominate someone and generally People nominate in order of the projected rankings. And so you have Davis, Curry, Harden, Durant, Paul, James, Westbrook. Those guys are usually the first people nominated. Now, here's what I suggest for those people out there playing with um, some people who aren't familiar with fantasy, but you're still playing for money and you really want to win or just really, really want to win for pride. If you're, if you're in that top seven range, throw up a player that's maybe a big-name player like a Dwayne Wade, maybe a Ricky Rubio, a Tim mm-hmm. Duncan or something like that. Josh, we went over the all-AARP team last right. week that people tend to overdraft. It goes for auction values too. So let's say Davis gets taken for 64, Curry gets taken for 58, Harden gets taken for 54, and then you mm-hmm. nominate Dwayne Wade. People right. who don't know a lot about fantasy probably think that Dwayne Wade is worth $50 or $45. So you're going to get some outrageous bids if you throw some some grenades out there for people who aren't aware of. So um, I, I'm really of the opinion that you need to throw in some middle-tier players 
up in you know right away at the beginning of the draft for people who don't really have an understanding of what's going on. Let them just eat away at their overall this, their salary cap. It's a good way. I mean, it's a game within a game. There truly is a lot of strategy. Maybe it's a little bit mean spirited, but do you win, do you want to win or do you not want to win? Basically. I understand what you're saying, and there's a lot of people who are going through that. That happens in every single draft. So there's a lot of merit to that. Having said that, for me, my personal approach is I have my top guy that I'm going after, okay? And let's say that he hasn't hit the board yet for me. So in my personal auction strategy, I need to know off the bat if I'm going to get my guy, That's my number point. one guy first, before I start burning salary. Because what happens if, let's say that you do that, and this is a total possibility. It could get overbid. Dwayne Wade could go crazy. Or people can be like, Dwayne Wade, you know, as my there's a ton of other players out there, and he goes for $23, which maybe, or $18, because everybody's still waiting for their their main guys to sort of bid on so they don't so he could end up getting um be, becoming a value and you and you maybe you want Dwayne Wade at $18 but you don't want him at 23 but because of where he came up in the draft that sometimes where somebody gets brought up in the draft just like you mentioned Dwayne Wade early is everything you you have no idea in, early in the draft if he's a value or not so because you can't necessarily assess that yet or what you can do is obviously use the rotor wire auction values as a guide so you'll have that piece of it you know sort of figure out whether or not it's he's appropriately priced or not but i need to know if i'm going to get anthony davis or if i'm going to get steph curry or who i'm anchoring my team with is basically what i'm saying so that's the first guy that i'm going to put put up there and then based on whether i get priced out of him or i own him then i can adjust forward now having said that going back to your strategy once i get two or three of my core guys i'll actually probably be one of the bigger spenders in most of my auctions i'll burn over a hundred dollars on two or three guys right away trying to get my anchor players okay then i'm going into uh dj grenade mode all right where i'm throwing up the the tim duncans i'm throwing up the tony parkers and i'm throwing up i'm just trying to get people to burn salary at at, um on guys i have that i'll never throw a dollar on and here's the other thing too i will recommend when you're going dj grenade mode and you're throwing up guys that you don't want Throw them up for a dollar every single time. Sometimes it's annoying and people are always like, dude, put up a realistic bid because you know he's not going for a dollar. But sometimes I've seen people do this. They're like, all right, Tony Parker, $12. And they think, okay, no way Tony Parker goes for 12 And then he gets you get, you get hung with that guy for 12 And you're like, oh, man, I just burned $12 on that guy. So if you know for a fact you do not want him, put a dollar bid up every single time. Protect yourself from getting hung in case the, you know, the crazy part happens and everybody just sticks you with somebody that you were trying to just burn salary on. Yep. Just suffer through the comments of people saying, Put a real bit up there. I mean, once again, do you want to win or not? There's lots of little sneaky things you can do. Sure, you'll come off a little bit annoying, but if you've got more money in your hand and a lot of pride in your heart, follow follow some of these rules for sure. So, Josh, you kind of just told me, but you're not of the opinion where you like to sit, let, let everybody blow their money on the first eight guys, and then come in and just snipe maybe four or five upper middle tier guys just right off the bat. So so you like to get an anchor of maybe one or two uh, of your of your top 10 or something like that and go from there because personally I, I love for everybody else to take your Davises, take your Currys, Harden, Durant, Chris Paul, James or James and Westbrook and then I'm going to feast on Lillard, Cousins, Wall, Thompson, uh, maybe Bledsoe, Millsap, maybe even Carmelo Anthony, Marcus Sauls. I'm more in that second tier range where I I try to get as many as I can of those guys and for a good for a good price in your in your $30 range. 
I, there's two schools of thought, and I think that, and both of them can win. So I, I'm going to say that you're you're absolutely totally fine, and I've seen that strategy implemented by, um, you know, my longtime co-host of the Fancy Hoops Insider, uh, Fancy Moses. He does it every single time. You never see him pay for up for the top spot, but he's got just a Gatling gun of thirty dollar middle tier third round. Every it feels like everybody is a third to fifth round pick. In a, in a snake draft for him, just, you know, right. 20, 15, $30 players. And you just have crazy depth. And the, the other upside of that too is if one of your, your guys gets hurt, you're not necessarily burned because you weren't all in on Anthony Davis to be a superstar to carry your team. Exactly. So I like that strategy, but guess what? I'm going to tell you I don't use it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. okay. That's the fun thing is, you know, like I said, fantasy is supposed to be fun. All of this is right. supposed to be fun. There's not one right way to do it. And mm-hmm. one way can win it for you one year the next year could be completely different that's why fantasy is fun is because it's unpredictable but i will say it sounds like we have differing strategies i love to feast just like your longtime co-host there on on those 30 dollars players I, that that's my range i'm a 30 dollars guy i just try to just balloon my roster with 30 dollars players i mean two 30 dollars players for a 64 dollars anthony davis i'm doing that every single time and if anthony davis burns me he burns me, but I'll take two for one when I can get it, especially if my two for one is a Paul Millsap and a Marcus All. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of merit to that, and you're going to have um, a great balanced team overall. So, the, my personal ish, per- preference is I feel like a lot of fantasy leagues get, end up you end up winning with stars, and you can win with a complete team too. So, there's two ways to do it, but. My, for my personal strategy, I feel like I'm always going to be sharp on the waiver wire. And because we do this as part of our jobs, this is what we do every day. And so we'll know when Dennis Schroeder, for example, is about to be an absolute monster and Jeff Teague is struggling or playing through an injury and they might be shifting minutes his way or he might go out soon for an injury or, or the next guy up who can have a significant impact. So because we're going to be waiver wire snipers, this is why I will try to take more of the superstars in these auction drafts and, and hopefully try to mine value throughout the season or at the back end as dollar players um, at the end of the draft for, you know, for people who actually might end up being starters or valuable that should have gone for five or ten bucks, but everybody's out of money at the end. So that's my own personal strategy for auctions. And I've seen both win. So I don't want to say that, you know, uh, one is uh, more you know effective th- than the other. So it just sort of comes down to... Do you feel, are you, um, what I also pride myself in auctions is I'm usually the first one in the dollar club almost all the time. All right. I get, I guess spend, uh, I unload the clip on four five, six guys. And then the rest of my roster, I'm down to dollar players. And people are just looking at me like Josh is an idiot. He spent all his money and now he has to sit here and wait for like an hour for the rest of the draft to happen before he, he can actually bid a dollar on a guy that somebody else doesn't want. But you know what I do? I feel confident about the back end of my list at all these guys that I will get for a dollar that actually should be worth more. But then because at the same time, everybody else is broke, too. But I feel confident, confident about some of that depth. Those, you know, Rodney Hoods who are going to be six mans that you, you can get for a dollar and the CJ McCollum's and Gerald Henderson's that, you know, that aren't sexy, that people don't really care about that you can get for a dollar that probably should be worth four five, six, seven, eight dollars um, if they came up in the middle of the draft. Yep. No, that's you know that's that's one way. If if you're gonna go for those top guys, you're gonna have some. You're gonna have a whole host of dollar guys. I like to just plug as many twenty to thirty people in my lineup as twenty to thirty dollar guys as possible into my lineup, and then after that, I survey my options 
Josh, one of the things that that should come of this discussion, um, you got a little more detailed into it. I just brought it up offhand, is that you just have to be flexible on your toes. Yeah, you can have strategy. Josh, it sounds like you got a good strategy there. But just, you know, that's the most important thing is things could go horribly awry and you just need to be ready for it. You just, and just, more, more than anything, you need to be expecting it to go awry. Let's go ahead and move on, Josh. We spent a lot of time on auction league strategy, as we should. Do you have any final thoughts on auction leagues? Um, first, I just want to say that they're the best. And um, if you, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I have to say. They're awesome. Auction strategy in every league, baseball, football, basketball, they rock. So if you haven't given a shot, this is the year to do it. And we're going to we're here to support you. DJ and I will be your auction support group or your 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 waiver wire, you know. Um, Consigliaries, consultants. You yeah, know, but to go I, ahead and- yeah, but I won't be. I won't be able to consult you for another week. So sorry about that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. moving on, we'll talk about Roto strategy. So Roto, of course, Josh. You just want to give a just an overview of what Roto is. I know some people out there might just be dipping into fantasy for the first time. Just tell them a little bit of the difference between Roto and auction. Okay, so in Roto, you you in most of these oh, formats. Oh, sorry, sorry, not auction versus Roto. But go ahead, go ahead. Are, or are you? Are we just talking about snake draft strategy, or are we talking about different formats? Right. So um, let's just talk. Yeah, snake draft roto. Okay. So in in snake drafts, obviously you get a draft pick, and um, you know, depending on how you do it, you either get randomly assigned a pick, you know, thirty minutes before the draft, like on Yahoo or ESPN, or you can have your league sort of separate the the draft order. There's a lot of like you know. Um, programs out there like um, fftoolbox.com will let you enter everybody's email address and randomize it so you can at least know your draft pick and then you can go into your commissioner settings and set your draft spot so you have that piece of it though but yeah in in the snake draft format you're you're just basically um, drafting by position or by order and you're just looking for value in in every single round so uh, my personal strategy in terms of uh, when I'm drafting in a snake draft is I sort of throw out the the O rankings or the rankings that you have defaulted and I'll go well off the page early like as early as round four five six I'll be and they're snapping up a guy that has like a an O rank of of 90 or a 110 because I feel like he has potential to be a top 50 player and just sort of like a, a little you know pro tip here I mean I don't know if it's actually a pro tip but in these snake drafts that you have like on Yahoo and ESPN or at least on Yahoo anyway I like to sort by uh, ADP rather than the O rank everybody else that doesn't resort it will be using the O rank and you'll see the top 25 guys on the page if you take a look at ADP you'll see guys who are trending and moving that are more popular plays and it can give you a better example of when you should be jumping in for value on certain players that have, you know, had good preseasons or changed teams or, you know, have are looking to have like an increased role uh, for this season. So that's sort of a something uh, uh, I like to uh, keep in mind. So I think that's just like a basic snake strategy. Um, and I want to quickly ask you, DJ, do you play more head-to-head or do you play more roto leagues for fantasy basketball? I do more head-to-head because it, you know, it's fun to be matched up against one specific person each week that keeps things lively. With roto, right, it's just a numbers game. You're trying, you're trying to win each category at the end of the year, and you get points accordingly based on where you finish in each category. That can get a little mundane. For me, 
you know, I love it. But when I'm playing with fair weather fantasy fans, Roto Leagues can get a little bit too boring for them if, if they're not as passionate about it as me or maybe some of me or you, Josh, or some of our listeners. So, you know, when I just have leagues with my buddies and I'm just trying to get people to try it out, it's always head-to-head. Roto, I, I do like because I think you – I think – Good fantasy players are are rewarded in roto leagues because the very first game of the season is just as important as the last. And of course, in head to head leagues during the playoffs, who knows what's going to happen in those final three weeks of the season? It's a little more obviously you position your team so that you have a really strong team in the last month of the season. But roto roto winners are just you know really good fantasy players who stay on top of the waiver wire um, they're considering every single category across not only one player but their entire team where they have strengths and weaknesses so in general to answer your question Josh I play more head to head but I respect roto leagues a lot more yeah uh, you know it's true like when you you sort of take a look at the uh, people who are at the top of standings in Roto, it's people who have done the best job with their team. And, you know, like it or not, it's actually people who's also been the healthiest. That's just sort of just a factor that you have to sure deal with when you come to Fantasy NBA. It's sort of the ugly duckling. I don't know really to know if there's a good solution for it. A lot of people employ like an 82 game cap per position, which I actually advocate. Um, because if you if you have just an unlimited cap, and I've played in leagues with you know unlimited cap for years, it really sucks. If you get burned with three or four injuries, you're basically forced to make a decision on whether or not you have to drop somebody like Ty Lawson if he's going to be out three or four weeks, and you know and you know the next guy in you know in a week or two is going to or somebody who has depth is actually going to stash him or something. So you're facing some really ugly drop situations if you well, play let, no cap. Yeah, but, let's be clear here, real quick. I just want to step in, Josh. Um, it's one thing to have a guy get injured, maybe like Kevin Durant, when he really hasn't had injuries in the past, and that stinks. But if you're drafting a guy like Dwayne Wade in a roto league, you kind of have it coming to you, right? I mean, so there's a difference between fair and unfair to a certain degree. Sure. So, uh, yeah, the, the, but I'll say this. Um, you're totally right about the head-to-head leagues and sort of keeping players involved from a week-to-week basis because you can have a stinky week. You can have Kim Durant miss three games with a high ankle or the ankle sprain or something like that. And you know what it is? It just costs you a loss. And it, and it can even be a little bit more balanced and fair for some of the newer players if you just go with a straight win-loss situation, which I don't actually like for head-to-head leagues, but it could sort of help mitigate some people who get destroyed 8-0 or 9-1 or in a head-to-head matchup overall. And that sort of buries some teams who've had some bad luck or have some injuries or just new and you know and then rather than just going with the the, the whole win loss format for head to head so there's something you can do to sort of um i guess keep the some of the newer players involved in some of your head to head leagues um having said that though i i prefer head to head as well and i like to do nine cats so there's always a winner i don't like seeing somebody go four and four and you're like oh we tied you know nobody gained anything so i also am a strong advocate and i'll ask uh, for your opinion on this too is Taking turnovers as a category out and using assist to turnover instead. Turnovers, I hate a negative category um, in in fantasy hoops. So I think it's much more um, you know better to reward players for good play and have you know for example manage a category like assist to turnover or you use a different category, but don't use a negative category as as you know for turnovers because what turnovers does is it just inherently punishes star players or good players on your team because they touch the ball so much so you know they're going their turnovers are going to be higher which is just not fair what are you supposed to do you know not play james harden when he has seven turnovers because he's kind of killing you in that category you have no control over that so y- your thoughts on that 
Yeah, I mean, I hate, for Roto Leagues especially, I, I hate turnovers. Head-to-head, I can understand it more so because you need to, just the way that the basketball stats break down, you need to have a you know a deciding factor. I personally prefer eight category leagues though um for 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 roto and head-to-head i know you do get some ties but i mean this it's a really long season and it it comes into play i will say last year when a roto wire league here in the office i won uh, i won the semis based on a tiebreaker because it was split four four regular season tiebreaker and then i went on to win the finals in a a regular season tiebreaker too because it was also four to four so a couple of technicalities there, but I will say I had the best overall regular season record, and so that should count for something too in head-to-head. So I was okay with that. Obviously, I won. I was okay with that, but it was nice to see. Um, I just sound really pretentious right now, but it was nice to see me get rewarded for having a good regular season um, in the playoffs. So, you know, it's unavoidable though. You're going to play in leagues because, like you said, Josh, it's it's really not fun. You know, in some circumstances, it just, it's not fun to tie at all. So you're going to have those nine cat category leagues, and I just punt turnovers. I've never even cared about it. I never even look at it because, Josh, you're right. Good players who are on the court more often have more turnovers because they're touching the ball more often. So I, I just don't look at it. It's not even fun to consider. I punt it all together. I plan to win every single night based on rebounds, points, steals, blocks, and assists. I even punt, for the most part, field goal percentages and just focus on counting stats because in head-to-head categories, you only need to win. Um, you know, you just need to win the majority to win overall. Uh, Roto, of course, that's a little different because you're trying to have a really even balanced team. So if you get a guy like DeAndre Jordan in your lineup, you really need to balance him out with a James Harden, maybe a Kevin Durant, or maybe just like a guy, a couple guys like JJ Redick and Kyle Korver who can mitigate your loss there on that particular category. Because in order to win Roto leagues, you really need to finish in the you know within the top five spots for every single category. I don't. I've never really seen anybody win a roto league finishing last in free throw percentage, or last in field goal percentage, or even really maybe even bottom three for that matter. You can't really punt a. You can't punt a category in roto leagues like you can in head to head. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm a I'm a no punter overall. Having said that, for, for this is my first year that I'm actually going to go away from my my patented six three punt strategy for head to head, because I've just. I found too many holes in a, in a overall, and what I would do. So when do, you say six three, you mean uh, punting, field goal percentage, and turnovers, right? Um, oh wait, no, um, no. That no add up. we we use assist to turnover. So what I would do oh, is I, I would see, I, see. I would punt rebounds, blocks, and um, I think field goal percentage overall. Sometimes you would end up winning in field goal percentage by luck, but I would just be super guard heavy. I would have three point shooting, power forwards. And centers, so like Ryan Anderson is always the guy I want, or you know, before Kevin Love got traded, Kevin Love would be like to me a top three pick, um, you know, after like LeBron and Kevin Durant because he was a center who shot threes, which fit the category perfect. So I was just trying to crush people in points, three pointers, um, assist, assist to turnover, steals, and um, what other um, free throw percentage. So, and what would end up happening though is if you have one or two injuries to one of your major guys. Um, you're, you really put yourself in a bind and sometimes you would barely win 5-4. Sometimes you would get outscored or you don't have enough steals and you would lin- you'd lose 4-5. So I sort of revamped my head-to-head strategy and so you as a person who prefers head-to-head, maybe I'll call you a head-to-head specialist, let me ask you Got a lot about of how you think- today. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, as Think of this strategy here. I call this my flex strategy for head-to-head leagues. I think you can use this in 8-cat and 9-cat. So what I plan to do is I'm still going to go heavy point guards and power forwards, but I'm not going to just ignore rebounds and blocks like I did in the past. Um, I think in this case, you need a top five shot blocker. So um, Rudy Gobert would fit perfectly for this spot. Um, Serge Ibaka is also on that list. It's a guy that you would that you definitely want to you know throw in the mix there. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to comprise my bench of, let's say we have five bench spots. It's going to be like three point guards and two power forwards or shot blockers or big time rebounders, something something to that effect. And what I'm going to do from a week to week basis is take a look at the guy that I matched up against and decide, do I want to go guard heavy against this guy and try to win six to three? Or should I just roll a balanced team? Or do I want to throw as many big men into my lineup as possible and sort of try to win um, on the other side with rebounds and field goal percentage and blocks and, you know, and shift my strategy that way. That way I can flex one way or an, another. So um, your thoughts on that particular approach? Yeah, I mean, I, I, okay, so Josh, I have to fess up here, okay? okay? So what I did is I was trying to look ahead and see the regular season schedule, and it's starting within six days. And then mm-hmm. I realized that I'm not going to be there for the people, right, if, if I don't have a Twitter handle before then. So while you were talking about that, and I severely okay. apologize, I created a Twitter handle. All right, what is it? It's at Trainer DJ. So there it is. It's out there. Um, All right. But in general, in general, I think what we've broken down here for Roto and head-to-head strategy really works. If if you have any questions, you can. You, I mean, let us know on Twitter, Josh Josh Hayes FS. Um, one thing I will say, um, you know, do you have any any lasting thoughts on that, Josh? I know you broke it down. You got into. Um, some great detail for us out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But do you have any lasting thoughts before we move on to points league strategy, Roto and head-to-head? I yeah, my last... We kind of lumped them together, didn't we? Which it's we, only fair to. Right, sure. Uh, you know, what? my first initial thought about this is that you're going to get a lot of, like, um, physical fitness and personal trainers following you <laughs> on Twitter as soon as they see you. <laughs> so, well, the you thing, know. Yeah, the thing is, I spell my name T-R-A-I-N-O-R. Um, but you know, so it'll be a little different, but people who don't know how to spell trainer, I, I, you know, I might just be a lot of European, um, physical fitness trainers or, you know, Australian guys, I guess, you know, so who knows how they spell it across the pond. So yeah, there it is. Boom. I think I'm the first official follower there. It looks like you're sitting on the, on the court, some, uh, or standing on a court somewhere. Um, it's going to look incredibly unofficial because I literally just did it two minutes ago. But anyway, I'm there for the people now. One thing I'll okay. say, you know who else is there for the f- people is DraftKings. And fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting people. Week 7, DraftKings will be hosting yet another millionaire maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Now, Josh, points league strategy 
is it's it's completely different. And I have a feeling that a lot of people out there maybe haven't even heard of points league strategy. I got to say myself, when we were preparing this podcast, you had to educate me a little bit in the difference because I myself have never played points league before. So do you want to give just a little bit of rundown of how it's different than head-to-head or roto? Sure. Yeah. You know, the beauty of points leagues is that you basically remove all the all the percentage categories and the ratios. So there's no field goal percentage for the most part. There's no uh, free throw percentage. There's no assist to turnover or assists. And a lot of um, points leagues also just exclude turnovers. So it's just basically there isn't a way for anybody to get a negative score or point um, in your points league, which is good. So the guys that some people like to avoid, like myself, in particular, the, the, the DeAndre Jordans, the Dwight Howards, the Andre Drummonds are all super relevant in points leagues, and they're actually very, very valuable. A lot of points leagues actually will give you bonuses for double doubles or triple doubles. There's usually some weird, um, you know, category qualifiers, and you know, a lot of points leagues are customizable. So you, those are the things that you have to take into effect. And the reason why people play points leagues is because it creates sort of a level playing field. Like there is really. No difference between Andre Drummond, um, if you want to take him in the third round of your points league draft, versus Kyle Lowry, for example, or somebody, or Eric Bledsoe, who's also a third round pick. You don't have to sort of equate, you know, which category um, he this guy's going to help you or hurt you in. It's all a sort of a cumulative score. So, just a basic tip that, or some basic tips that go with points leagues, is you. You want stat stuffers. You want guys who are triple-double threats, who are double-double threats, who do a little bit of everything in every category so you have multiple ways to score. Somebody struggles from the field, but they're a really good rebounder and they have passing or shot-blocking ability, they can still make hay for you and um, provide value in your points leagues. The one thing that you don't want to do is you don't want any one-category wonders. You don't want any Rajon Rondos who just you know rack up a ton of assists but don't do a ton else. Or, I mean, Rajon Rondo actually used to be a triple-double threat. We'll see how he ends up with Sacramento but just sort of a, a you know a similar example like Fabo Cephalosha who you know gives you two or three points here and there but really doesn't do a ton uh else across the board but you know but plays 30 minutes you don't want anything to do with those guys um for instance i the same with their value thing i think ty lawson this year is more set up than ever to be sort of a one category wonder in terms of assists because he's playing with james harden and Trevor Ariza and Dwight Howard. So I just don't see a ton of shots coming his way. He's probably another guy that would sort of be like a sort of top 40 or 50 consideration in a lot of leagues. But it's not like Roto. In Roto, like you can piece your team together. You can say, all right, Dwight Howard is my 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 rebounding and my shot blocking guy. He's going to hurt me in free throw percentage, but I'm going to back him up with Ty Lawson, who's going to get me a ton of assists and shoot a great free throw percentage, but he won't score as much or you know really rebound for me. Right. You can do you can get away with those in head to head, but you can't get away with um, one category wonders in in points leagues. So that's just the the one thing that you definitely want to avoid. Yeah, Josh, you're right on point there. Um after you I mean it's it's pretty clear when you take a look at the rules and how they're different. One hit wonders do not work at all. I think I think that's the most poignant thing to bring up about points league. Um and so if you're looking how that changes maybe the top seven, Josh, that's who we've been focusing on this whole this whole time, really comparing and contrasting the top seven. So you in a in a points league, you're still gonna have Anthony Davis. I mean, he's still your number one guy. 
But here's where things change a little bit this year in particular is for us here at Rotowire, if you go ahead and do the projected rankings, LeBron James sneaks into that number two spot over guys like Steph Curry and James Harden, where in other leagues like head-to-head or or Roto, you might want to go with them in particular. Now, how do you, and, and Kevin Durant, I will say, also sneaks up ahead of those guys as well. DeMarcus Cousins sneaks into the top five, and then you have James Harden at four. Josh, what do you think about that? Knowing, being that you're our resident points league expert here at Rotowire, um, <laughs> how, what do you think about LeBron James, uh, Kevin Durant, and even DeMarcus Cousins really shooting up that top five board compared to other types of leagues, which we've already gone over? It makes a ton of sense because we're all talking about guys who are double-double threats. I mean, Kevin Durant is a little bit less of a double-double threat, but because he shoots um, such a high volume of threes and um, he does – uh, of you know uh, he's a big volume scorer and he's at seven rebounds a game so he's a fairly decent bet for double doubles um, he makes a ton of sense the, just a prime example of a guy who was ranked I think 11th or 12th in standard formats but drops all the way down Carmelo Anthony for instance the, the, the classic one category wonder 26 points a game but just six rebounds and then nothing else like 3.1 assists for him was so huge it's like a, I think it's like a 50% increase over his career total so congratulations on Derek Fisher for pulling a full assist <laughs> out of Carmelo Anthony, but that's a guy that's a who, perfect example. Yeah. Um, and then Kevin Martin is also a prime example of a guy that you just never want to touch in points league. Cause all he's going to do is shoot. And you know, if he gets a rebound, it's cause it like, you know, hit, like got caught in his shorts or, you know, somebody hit him in the face. <laughs> he tried to protect himself. So um, that's the way that you, get burned in points leagues is by having guys like Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Martin in your roster. You don't want anything to do with those guys. So I will say, Josh, I, I know you don't work out of the office here in Rotowire here in Madison, Wisconsin, but last night we all went over to the Minnesota Timberwolves, Milwaukee Bucks preseason game, had the opportunity of watching Kevin Martin in person, being an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I was a little bit bitter just seeing the side of him because that's who he traded for James Harden, and right. obviously that didn't pan out. Couldn't agree with you more in terms of actually watching him on the court. He is not fun to watch play basketball. I mean, obviously I'm a little biased because of that trade, um, and it makes sense with points league as well. Uh, at one point during the game, I think I yelled out. Uh, you know, I stayed pretty quiet, but throughout the game, he I think he shot 0 for 10 from the field and went 8 for 9 from free throws, which uh-huh. is just, yeah, so it was... 8 for 9 from the charity stripe, but 0 for 10 from the field. He just continually tried to take contested shots, driving to the rim with like two guys blocking his shot. So at one point, I just kind of just yelled out after he did that. Maybe it was his 7th or 8th. That's why you've been on three different teams in the last five years, Kevin. Because <laughs> nobody likes you. <laughs> you're a one, you're a one trick pony. We don't like that in fantasy. We don't yeah, like you so. because you're not good in points league, Kevin. That's what I said. Actually, that's right. exactly what I said. Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna just sort of say that here. You really do need to direct your venom at Sam Presti. That's all his fault for not paying the extra bucks. On, on James Harden. I don't. Want, I, so. I just like honestly do not want to get into it. You know what I do <laughs> want to get into, Josh, is this new NBA season, and it kicks off Tuesday. We've got Pistons, Hawks. We've got Pelicans, Warriors, Cavaliers, Bulls, and you know what? We're going to be the very first one to break down the regular season, right? We're coming. I thought here. we kick off. It, I'm sorry. It kicks off Wednesday. I thought to 28th. Correct? Am I correct? No, we not got Tuesday? three games on Tuesday. Am I wrong? Do we? I've, got I've three- heard. 
Go maybe ahead. I've just we been seeing like the out. We well, because out. I've been watching ESPN commercials, and maybe that's when they're going to put the first game. But I would I would be surprised if they didn't put the first game of the season on. Well, we got to double check here. Yeah, no. Okay. Here's the thing: is that ESPN doesn't have a game till Wednesday. Fox Sports, TNT, and TNT have games on Tuesday. So that's why oh, ESPN okay. is a little bit deceiving. So me and you will be the first ones to break down the first regular season action of the year. I'm incredibly right. humbled by that. I think. That's awesome. You know what they save the uh, you know the first for the best. So that's what they say. Um, it's a common yeah, expression, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I hear that all the time, like at weddings, and you know, <laughs> like bar mitzvahs. You're like, save the first for best. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Josh, uh, I know I teased our projected category leaders. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time here in the Rotowire studio for that. But uh, I do want to give you the opportunity just to give a lasting thought on, on the different types of strategies out there. Or maybe you'd like to preview the season on a whole. Um, you know, maybe just a last-ditch effort here to persuade people, or not persuade people, but maybe help people as most of the drafts take place between now and Tuesday. Well, the one thing I'll definitely say, and you know, just sort of goes back to everything that we've been talking about here, is Rotowire has your back. We have you covered. I think uh, as far as NBA goes, we have like the best, or you know, among the best um, fantasy contributors, uh, people uh, working the wire. I believe um, Rotowire actually still provides the injury updates for ESPN. If I'm correct, do you know if that's still yep, that's, true? Yep, yeah. that's true. So if you're actually playing a fantasy league on ESPN and you mm-hmm. click on their name, you'll notice that there's a box with an update. So you have update and then analysis. Below the analysis, you'll say uh, provided by Rotowire. So we're actually providing all that analysis that's, that's, that's fed into ESPN's website. Right, and I believe the same is um, also true for, I believe, DraftKings, too. I think we're providing injury updates and um, actives and inactives for DraftKings as well. So that's how far and deep ingrained the rotor-wire reach is in the fantasy industry. You're going to get the most updated information and the best late-breaking information, which is so important in fantasy leagues. So just stay tuned, stay locked into Rotowire, and make sure you check out the shows. Um, we're, we're all over the place with the podcast and with Sirius XM. So if you're looking to stay on top of the league, because the draft is just the one half of it, and then the in-season management is just as important, if not more important, to as to who you draft, you, you stick with us here on the show and, uh, and on rotowire.com, and we're going to have you covered. We're going to help try to get you to a championship this year. Yep, that's true. We're here to help you. One thing, one word of advice I will throw out to maybe people getting involved with daily fantasy for the first time and how it's different than other dailies is the NBA is not required to put out their starting five or their inactives at any point during the game. So as soon as you have tip-off, it's just like, well, there's the starting five. So in the MLB, they usually they're they're mandated to come out with their lineups. I believe it's an hour and a half. Soccer is an hour, and so for fantasy basketball, especially with daily, sometimes you get burned on that. You just need to be aware if they're coming in questionable or they're coming in even probable. You, you mm-hmm. just need to be really mindful of that in daily. That the NBA has such an unorganized system in terms of designating injuries before tip off. Thanks so much for joining us. For Josh, we'll be with you next Wednesday. Of course, Josh will be with you on Monday. Me and Nick will be back on Wednesday of next week. Everybody enjoy regular season basketball. Nick Whalen and James Anderson will be here tomorrow. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.